Saturday's game was any indication, it might not be that long. Rangers dropped the first game of their qualifying series to the Carolina Hurricanes 3-2 to and did not look all that good doing it. Uh, Dave and Becky, what were your guys' kind of initial reactions to the game? I guess, Dave, I'll start with you. What did, what did you take away from the, the Ranger effort on, on Saturday? Uh, well, if they play like that, for the rest of the series, this is going to be a very short series. This will be the last podcast uh, that's relevant for this season if they continue to play it like that. They just, I, I appreciate coming out and trying to get your team motivated with a bunch of big hits, but Jacob Truba going for a big hit led directly to a goal on the first shift, or at least contributed to a goal on the first shift. And I still, that image of Brendan Smith just going in for that hit and leading to a two-on-one is just ingrained in me. And good Lord, I understand the need for physicality. But let's make sure we actually play the game of hockey and win a game and not worry about beating the crap out of the other team. This isn't the longest yard. <laughs> yeah, Becky, what were your initial thoughts from uh, Saturday's loss? I mean, similar to Dave, it's just that if you focus on playing a different kind of hockey than what got you there, then you're not going to be successful. Now is not the time to be focused on being super physical. And yeah, I mean, listen, you know, Brady Shea hit Jesper Faust and now it's TBD. I don't think he's going to be back for the game on uh, Monday, but you can't you can't let that become then your blueprint for the rest of the game and just completely lose your own identity. There's a reason why the Rangers were playing very well, you know, before uh, COVID shut everything down, and it's not because they were hitting everything. Yeah, that's a great point, and they really didn't get into their skill game at all, and I think that that is definitely due to what both of you guys pointed out there sort of this overreaction to Carolina because Carolina did come out and sort of set the physical tone right away. Like you mentioned, Becky, the hit by Brady Shea. Um, also, I think it, uh, it, it was plain to see and was said by pretty much everybody on MSG and on, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, you know, by David Quinn himself that the top players really didn't play that well in this game. I mean, you know, Mika Zibanejad had a goal and an assist and I think got better as the game went on. That was not Artemi Panarin's best effort, especially through the first 50 minutes or so of the game. I, th- I think he had a good last 10 trying to you know pull the Rangers back into it. Uh, I thought most of the young players outside of Kako looked pretty overwhelmed by the uh, sort of the, the atmosphere and the, the increased stakes. And I thought that was Tony D'Angelo's worst game as a Ranger. I, he was just absolutely ridiculously bad. I mean, I don't think he completed a pass in the first 40 minutes of the game. And several just sort of prayers up the middle to nobody turn the puck over in his own end a bunch of times just a really really bad game from a guy who you know look like him or not personality wise off the ice and there's plenty there not to like uh but he is one of the best transition defensemen in the game and if the rangers don't have that 
part of the game, uh, part of their offense going, then they have a hard time generating chances. I don't know if you saw the same thing as I did, Dave, but D'Angelo in particular, and really oh, most man. of the defense outside of Lindgren was really bad. D'Angelo Just with the puck, so I mean, they actually bad. defended okay. Oh, man, D'Angelo was so bad. But, I, I mean, we can go player by player. Panarin was bad. Zibanejad was meh. But two things. First, if Mark Stahl is half of your team's offense and 40% of the offense in the game, thank you, own goals, you're not going to win. And second, if the Rangers' top players are not going to contribute at all offensively, then you're not going to win. The entire first goal was basically Pavel Bushnevich and then Lindgren with his head up hitting Zibanejad's stick. That was a good play. That was the only good play of the entire game for the Rangers. Yeah, Brendan yeah. Smith got back on a two-on-one. A two-on-one that he caused. D'Angelo was awful. Trupa was not as bad as D'Angelo, but bad. Uh, no. Fox was invisible, which is rare. And, I don't know, I, I think Capo Caco looked good. Positives? Yeah. Well, and Stahl got, had a goal and an assist, so that's good, right? He had two goals. <laughs> two goals. Right, the one he kicked into his own net. Yeah. Although, you know, hard to fault him there. He's really just, I think, uh, some people I saw were sort of saying, like, oh, he didn't need to turn his skate. And I'm kind of like, it's, you know. It's reflex. It's reflex. It's really reflex. You can't. I mean, slowing down hockey frame by frame and being like, guy should have done X instead of Y in a split second is a little bit, I think it's parsing it a little bit too closely. Um, and also, yeah, how bad I mean, of a penalty was that on McKeg? I, I, he oh, thought yeah. that Niederreiter turned. First off, Niederreiter did not turn. Maybe he turned a quarter of an inch. No, he, didn't, that, he did not. Yeah, it, like, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, that was a bad penalty to take. It was really stupid. Yeah, it was that, really stupid. That penalty killed them, and yeah, Stahl turned to skate. Yeah, went in. Yeah, haha, it was Stahl. He sucks. But that, you can't pin that one on him. I mean, come on. No. Um, I agree. Uh, I mean, the po- one of the positives, Henrik Lundqvist played excellent. I think the Rangers are in good hands no matter who they put in goal. Um, and in thinking about this, I'd like to get you know your guys' thoughts as well. But honestly, I would start Lundqvist again in Game 2. And then it, as long as Igor is healthy, I'd start him in Game 3. I mean, you know what things, uh, what the stats say about going back-to-back. You have two goalies, and I think it's pretty clear that especially if you have to win five series again i'm not looking uh i'm not exactly anticipating that the rangers are gonna play all the way you know into into the final round here but they're gonna need both goalies and i think that that's been proven already um but but you know what were your thoughts on the goaltending uh you know becky how did you think lundquist showed in in game one i think he looked great i think he looked vintage and you know I kind of if it wasn't like oh Igor can't play oh my god what the hell are we gonna do this is such a terrible situation it was like oh the person who's gonna play is Henrik Lundqvist that's good that's that's pretty good Um, and I agree I would play him on Monday and then you know assuming Igor is okay play him on Tuesday for the back-to-back yeah I mean they may not take that that path because if if they win game two they'll probably want to stay with the same goalie and i get that as well but you know you're talking about then a 39 year old goalie or 38 i'm sorry playing three games in four days fatigue will become a factor dave i mean you know do i i get why it would be tough but you know do you understand the logic at least that that we're kind of going with there that that even if they win game two with lundquist and net they should go to igor again assuming all is equal and he's healthy 
So logically speaking, it's tough to argue it, but then first off, it's the playoffs. A hot goalie's a hot goalie. You ride the hot hand. It doesn't matter. Um, Lundqvist yeah. is by far the best player on the Rangers in game one. And Lundqvist is usually fairly exceptional in the second game of a back-to-back. I mean, the history is on his side there. So if he, if the Rangers win and if Lundqvist looks good, those are two big ifs, uh, you got to ride the hot hand. If the Rangers win 7-6, to six, yeah, play Shesterkin. Shesterkin? Yeah. Well, how, uh, I, I don't know where to emphasize Well, it could be Shesterkin, too, really, is I think how you're properly supposed to say it. Or Shishnerkin if you're Ryan Strom's mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of no, the best but, but I mean, of the year. here's the other thing, the other thing to consider. Now, like, I know that you always play to win, so don't come at me for this. But honestly, are the Rangers going to win the Stanley Cup? Not likely. Do you want to get players like Shesterkin? Do you want to give him playoff experience? I don't know. There could be something to be said about kind of like shaking off the rust and getting your feet wet in a playoff experience where you wouldn't have this opportunity. And no one, you know, no one can say for sure whether the Rangers would have made the playoffs this year or not. Like it's a a little a bit of a blessing in disguise that they're even in this qualifying round and so so counterpoint oh, does the khl playoffs count as playoffs i mean sure but i don't know i've never played in yeah. the khl or the nhl i don't know how it's different and i don't know i i just know that like a lot of the rangers who played on um, you know on saturday that looked like total ass who were babies like definitely settled in at least a little bit you know it's 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 playoffs it's different it's it's a different beast they did and i think you know look carolina was the better team they definitely deserved to win but the rangers didn't get blown out they were they were down a goal with two minutes left and i mean talk about d'angelo again you know not to harp on this but stood behind the net for 20 seconds with 55 seconds remaining in the game and just didn't move the puck oh, up what the, the ice. hell was that uh, dave you freaked out about that and rightfully so I mean, I was trying not to freak out too much because, you know, my niece was over and I didn't want to, you know, teach her words that only her parents should be teaching her. But what the hell was that? He just stood there. There was a, first off, the poke check over the top of the net. Did that just scare him? That was a weird thing. And then they skate out and then they get spooked and they go back into the defensive zone. It took them 30 seconds to get even into the Carolina zone. That made me want to throw something at the TV. I have literally nothing nice to say. I have some very funny things I could say right now, and I'm not going to say them because I'm going to, in the spirit of being, Rangers are all one Do it. I'm not going to say it. Do it. I'm going to say this. There's There's an odd number of people on this podcast. I say majority rules here. I say do it. Becky? I said no. Rob? No. I, okay, well, this I isn't mean, fair. You're married to her. <laughs> listen. I had that response. What I, right I do want to hear, she was going to say something, so so let, let's. I, I do want to hear the point. The point is, he looked like ass, and I don't know where his mind was, and I don't really care, and I, I frankly am afraid to know where his mind was, but... 
uh, like you need better than that. And I think that there should be some some changes because quite honestly, he couldn't complete a pass if like his life depended on it. Yeah, I, I mean, I do agree with you uh, what you said before about a lot of the kids, you know, settling in. Um, and what I was saying earlier just about, you know, they they didn't get blown out. You know, they, they did get outshot. They always get outshot, though. That's not news to anybody. Um, but it's not like they gave up a, a huge amount of scoring chances. I think they were slightly the better team even in the second period of the game. So, you know, that game was there for the taking still, and it was not their best game. That was like their C-minus effort. So, I, I mean, I do have faith that if they, you know, put together a better effort, they should be able to get some, you know, results in this series. Um, so let's look ahead. They they are obviously being down uh, 1-0 right now. Uh, this podcast is going to come out Monday morning, so they're getting ready for uh, a noon start on Monday and then a quick turnaround in a Tuesday night game three. Um, the, the the big story is how they replace Jesper Faust, who is not going to play in game two. I think that was confirmed by uh, David Quinn earlier in practice. Um, and, and obviously being the playoffs, they're not really going to tip their hand in terms of lines, but it looks like Kako's going to move up into his uh, Fost's spot on the second line, rightfully so. But then what happens in the bottom six is kind of anyone's guess. Um, so, Dave, I don't know if you have any thoughts on maybe what they might do, what they should do um, to kind of, you know, now, uh, you know, address the cascading effect of losing a really important player like Fost. The one thing they couldn't afford was top six injury. And what happens 55 seconds into the game, a top six injury. Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, you got to put Kako on the second line with Panarin. It's just got to be done. I think that's what they're doing. I think they're going to leave Panarin and Strom together and leave and put Kako up there. Um, at that point, what you got? Di Giuseppe, Heedle, and a third line Probably. right wing spot open. Yeah. Is that going to be Gautier? I mean, he certainly earned it. He looked really good. Is it going to be? Kraftsov, possibly. Do we see Gautier, Hedl, and Kraftsov as a third line? I mean, I mean that could be you really need offense. Fun to you, watch. You need offense. Gautier looked really good. He looked like he was out to get revenge on the team that traded him for an AHL defenseman. Yeah, I mean, David Quinn even said in the post game he specifically brought up Gautier had a good game, so that's uplifting. I, I mean, I want, I want the, he's a beast. He's like a, an absolute beast, a man child. It's like Kreider 2.0. I want, I want to see him be put in a position to succeed. And I feel like I'd love to see him on, you know, get, get pushed up to the third line. Yeah. Well, and like you mentioned, if that third line then becomes Heedle, Gautier, and if they do take a leap of faith, and that's exactly what it would be, and try Vitaly Kravtsov, I mean, there's certainly, a whole lot of offensive potential and playmaking ability there. Um, and it seems like one of those lines that kind of has all the ingredients, right? You have kind of a, a true center with Heedle. You have Gautier, who's like the speed, but also like dirty work guy. And then you have the playmaker and Kravtsov uh, on the other wing. So that's one idea. But I think, you know, um, what uh, Quinn will probably go for, I would imagine, is opting for balance, keeping Di Giuseppe on the third line, and probably elevating Gautier and then having a fourth line of, I guess, McKeg Howden and probably the other name that was floated and, and the guy that practiced with the team today was Stephen Fogarty, who is sort of a, you know, a replacement level two-way forward with penalty-killing ability. So um, 
uh, you know, that would work fine as well. That line is not going to get a lot of shifts, you can imagine. Um, but, you know, those guys would all kill penalties. Um, and, you know, hopefully the Rangers aren't doing too much of that. And hopefully game two, <laughs> games two and three aren't like game one with all the penalties. I mean, what was that? That was that was wild. There were like 15 penalties in the game. Yeah, that that made the game, honestly, incredibly boring. It did. Yeah, that was no fun at all. No yeah, well, and it slowed the pace of the game. Like, you know, I was watching a little bit of the Canadians-Penguins game, um, which was a good game, and it went to overtime, and the Canadians actually uh, won. So they're up in that series, won nothing. Um, that game looked miles faster. And I'm like, well, it's not like any weird, like, camera angle thing because it's all one rink, and it's all every game's being played in Toronto, and it's all one film crew. So the Ranger-Hurricanes game just looks slow. Overall, not even... You know, the Hurricanes were the quicker team, and, you know, obviously they, they carried play, but they didn't exactly, uh, you know, look like a lightning-quick team out there either. So uh, maybe it was some a little bit to do with the noon start as well. I mean, that's early, early time for, for these guys who are used to playing night games. Um, so we'll see. But I, I was not impressed with the pace of the game, and I think you're right, Dave, that the the incessant um, penalties and all the, all the um, uneven play uh, or non-even strength play was definitely a factor in that. This is I mean, a team no one's that playing hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A slight rust. I was going to say this is a team that thrives on fast-paced play, and they didn't do it. And like Becky said, you know, nobody's played hockey, but Carolina didn't look overly terrible. No, no. But um, the Rangers also, you know, as as we were saying before. They just didn't get a chance to get into, you know, it was one of those games where you just never get into a flow. And I know people were really upset about Brett Howden's ice time. And I think that's a totally invalid argument because of all the penalty killing and then all of the long shifts that he got caught out there on. You know, ice time is not always a good indicator because if you get caught out on extended shifts and you're playing, you know, catch up in your own zone for a minute and a half. Yeah, your ice time number is going to be inflated. So, um I wouldn't worry too much about about Brett Howden's ice time. He's not going to, you know, no coach in his right mind is putting him out there more than Zabanajad, Panarin, and those guys. So that's not necessarily an issue. Um, back to the Fost injury, though. So let's assume that, you know, Stephen Fogarty is, is, is the guy and that they don't, you know, just throw Vitaly Kravtsov into the game. I mean, h- how big is this injury? You know, d- does this you know, is this something that impacts them to the, to the point where we could say it's the difference between winning and losing a series? I mean, you know, Dave, you always like to point back to Matt Zuccarello's injury being the difference in 2015. Obviously we've had our debates about that. Um, Because there were lots. Like why? Why are you doing this today? No. You you know exactly what kind of mood I'm in today. Why? Why? Is the Jesper Faust injury. I'm just just here eating popcorn, listening to you two on this one now. I'm going to enjoy this. No, no, no. That, that was not the reason I brought that up. The reason was, you know, can the Rangers overcome the injury? That's the question. They don't have the depth, so unless some... Well, uh, let's be real. Let's take a step back. The Foss injury doesn't matter if you're getting half your offense from Mark Stahl. If Tony D'Angelo plays like he did, if Panarin is invisible, if... I don't even know if Kreider played on Saturday. If these guys... <laughs> are invisible there's nothing the rangers it doesn't matter if they had wayne gretzky in his prime out there uh you know what i mean here 
they're not going to win. Uh, it doesn't matter if Foss there or not. And Foss, to be fair, is more probably a third liner more than a second liner. He just happens to complement Panarin and Strom well. But if nobody's scoring, it doesn't matter. So let's get the power play working first. Question mark. Yeah. Well, that's the other. That's that was a big issue as well. They went over seven. Um, again, I mean. Uh, they didn't really they just looked slow and i mean quinn basically said that in his post game he said look we just weren't quick enough on the power play you know you could talk about breakouts and you could talk about carolina's pressure he was like we knew they would pressure that's how they play they just weren't clean and they weren't quick with the puck um and yeah but but you know even even the best teams in the nhl a power play that anemic sinks you it's it is a it it almost always is the undoing for a team is a cold streak on the power play. So yeah, I mean, look, my money is on all of those guys you mentioned, Dave playing better. And, you know, the good thing is, is that, you know, most of them do have playoff experience. You know, Kreider has tons of playoff experience. Panarin played in the playoffs um, with Chicago and also with Columbus last year. Uh, You know, Zabanajad scored an overtime winner as a Ranger. You know, it seems like that was like 10 years ago. That was three years ago in that first round series against Canadians. So I would bet on all those guys bouncing back, um, you know, and and we'll see what happens. Um, And then, you know, the other point about Dave, uh, about depth, sorry, um, you mentioned this, Dave, is that, you know, uh, Brendan Lemieux will come back from his suspension in game three. So that probably further... Um, you know, impacts the bottom the bottom six as well. Um, they could have lose used Lemieux on on Monday. I think he you know certainly with all the physical play that was going on out there. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, because Lemieux just had so much offense, but uh, I don't know. I, mean, I don't. Lemieux's not be the, the one answer. to fight. Like, here's the thing though. Like, right? They had no. They like. Ugh. They had to fight. We'll say they had to fight or whatever after that hit. I, I mean, if there's one person that I don't feel bad, like, seeing in a fight, it's Justin Williams. I just, his face makes me so angry. But um, I would have preferred Lemieux to be the one doing the fighting and not, you know, Ryan Strom, because as much as, you know, I will talk trash about Strom or whatever, like, he's but much more offensive, not, like, offensive to the senses, like, better at offense than than Brendan Lemieux, you know? And I don't know. It was weird to see Ryan Strom fight is all I'm saying. It was. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, you know, kudos to him. I I don't know why he fought Williams. That was a whole, that was a weird sequence. Obviously, like you said, Becky was kind of in response to the Jesper Faust injury and I guess Brady Shea's hit. Um Maybe no one wanted no one wanted to fight Shea because he was a former teammate, and that might be super awkward. And maybe uh, they whatever. all like, come knows? on, guys. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I just it was really weird how they just kind of fought out of nowhere, and that's how most hockey fights start, anyway. I mean, and who knows what was said, um, but it was a weird one. And, and again, you know, kudos to Strom, but but that also threw the the whole the lineup out of whack. I mean, they had a forward hurt, a forward off for a fighting major. You know, they were down to two forwards in, in the first two minutes of the game. It was like they had no chance to get into a rhythm. I'm just uh, dumbfounded by the fact that I witnessed a Ryan Strom fight in my life. Also, wait, can we discuss the Justin Williams bitch fest afterwards? Oh, God. Did you see that, Dave? I don't know if we got a chance to talk about that. Becky, uh, why don't you tell 
Why don't you I tell only call one piece of it, so you guys got to catch me up. Um. So I, you know, like, obviously did not watch the Carolina post game or anything, but I guess um, someone asked Justin Williams what you know how he felt about like the home ice advantage or whatever. Like you know, it's obviously very strange because there's no fans and whatever. And he said something about how he was pissed off that the Rangers goal song played. Right. Like he, but like he came out and was like, would have been really nice if the Rangers goal song wasn't playing. And I'm just like, you just won the game. Can you shut your effing mouth for like, like, is this really what you care about? Is this really what's making you sad? Justin Williams? Like, is this, is this it? (laughs) Cause it ain't it. That Uh, ain't it. I mean, so I'm just, I'm going to piss both of you off here. So while his presentation of his argument was piss poor, I kind of agree with him that if the Rangers are the visiting team, their goal song shouldn't go off. I mean, uh, sure, but do you, like, is that really, it, you just won the game. That's well, also yes. happening like, throughout the, the whole league. Like, who the hell cares? Yeah, uh, right, yeah, it's not idea. just them. I mean, listen, the visiting team should not have their goal song playing. Uh, it's not the hill I die on, but if they want to create a home ice advantage, that's probably one of the low-hanging fruit they could do. Yeah, you're probably but, right. Uh, <laughs> presentation is everything, and Justin Williams I also hate with an undying passion because of previous playoff performances against the Rangers, and I don't know what it is that he always has to be against the Rangers in the playoffs. It really pisses me off. But he's kind of right in this one. Sorry. Yeah, well, but again, you know, it's more the fact that this is like the NHL, when they put out all the, uh, you know, PR releases about how they were going to do it, they basically said the goal songs are going to play and that, you know, home ice essentially means you get to use the locker room and you have last change. That's it. You know, everything else is standard music, standard videos playing goal songs for both teams. So, yeah. And, and you know, it's a really just like a childish thing to do as a 38-year-old veteran. And, and, you know, the guy's won Stanley Cups, too. It's not like... Uh, you know, he's not he's not exactly doing the whole Ray Bork thing, trying to steal a cup at the end of his career here. Um, you know, it's just kind of funny coming from a guy like him. And I agree. Just shut up and listen to the goal song. It's better than whatever crap they play after they score anyway. I don't, what do they play? Sandstorm or something? I don't know. Or no, Sandstorm's <laughs> just been playing in the background of every game on uh, TV. Shipping up to Hartford, maybe? Oh, yeah. Well, they don't do I don't know. Yeah. Okay, that Grasping was a bad joke. Up. That wasn't my best material. Sorry, everybody listening. That really wasn't my best material. That's okay. You should be sorry. We'll be. We'll. We'll. We'll forgive you, Dave. Um, you say that, right, so, but so, I don't believe it. Well, you know, we're <laughs> we're gonna have to. I think we're stuck with you. You did found the blog and everything. Um, so, I'm trying to think of, you know, uh, the best way to ask this question, but um, and and really, you know. Outside of the top players coming around, which is a given, right? We just know that, as you said, Dave, and we don't need to, you know, belabor the point. But if if you get nothing out of Panarin's advantage ad, et cetera, um, you're not going to win. But outside of that, right? So so let's let's um let's assume that we're going to get better performances out of those players. You know, how do the Rangers get better in this series? Like, what do you want to see them do strategically or tactically within? games uh you know to 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 turn the tide here you know what what was there any idea any specific area that you could think of where you were like 
man, they're just not doing X. And if they were doing that, they'd be they'd be playing better. It is so tough to gauge that because it felt like half or more of this game was played on special teams. So looking strategically, I mean, Peter Mrazenik. I butchered his name. Peter Mrazenik. Oh my god. Peter Mrazek. Mrazek. There's no yeah, N in his name. I just I'm adding ends for no reason. Um, he's not a good goalie. He, no. There were times where the Rangers were shooting at him, and he'd be off his angle at the bottom of the circle. You can take advantage of that aggressiveness. Uh, I know Valley said in the pregame, make him move side to side, make him move side to side, and get more shots on him. Low, hard shots that create rebounds. This is what they do. This this is where having Tony D'Angelo, who as a functioning ice hockey player, actually matters because he was very good at that low hard shot at the opposite pad that created a rebound. Hmm. Make him move. Put shots on net. Actually yeah, shoot I mean, the puck on the power play. A- actually get some kind of controlled, sustained setup on the power play, which, oy. The power play was so ugly. Uh-huh. I mean, just... Gross. It was uglier than yeah. a hairless cat. <laughs> Be nice to the cats. Sorry, but hairless cats are not cute. Dave. Mr. Bigglesworth is not a cute cat. Dave. Yes. Not today. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The... <laughs> I'm still hangry. <laughs> you know, it's the interesting thing about the power play, too. You know, it may have to run through someone other than Panarin. Just the way that... Uh, Carolina pressures and they took him away and I think again you know he'll play better and I I have faith in him to 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 affect this series in a positive way moving forward but you know you may need to change up the look of the power play right like maybe try moving um, Zabanajad to his spot have those guys you know flip-flop positions just to give a little bit of a different look and just to try and like facilitate the play from a different spot because they basically sent two guys at Panarin and he was unable to do anything. Um, and yeah, it doesn't help when, like you said, Tony D'Angelo has the worst game of his life. I would also say go to Adam Fox earlier in the game, you know, and Becky, I think that was something you were saying, like put Adam Fox on the first power play, right? Yeah, I was saying that um, a lot. He, like, well, he'll be there the soon. Well, I mean, he he could have been there earlier, you know, sooner. So let's like F and get to it. Like, why not? Why not do it? I don't understand. You need seven power plays to go horribly awry before you make a a change like I don't get it and I really like David Quinn and I'm not trying to be critical but like what the F man so I want Adam Fox on the first power play I mean unless like D'Angelo comes out on Monday night and looks like a stud I don't know or Monday afternoon not night but which is possible yeah I mean I think in your first power play you give it a chance right but if it if it looks the same um, as it did throughout all of game one, I think you have to make a move. And that might also mean, you know, maybe you, you, you bring Fox up to the second, the first power play unit. And yeah, maybe you try Kako instead of one of the other forward Strom or Kreider, right? Try to get, you know, he, again, or Heedle, you know, that both those guys had good games. I mean, you know, Heedle, we haven't really mentioned, had an excellent, um, you know, had an excellent game. So we'll see. I mean, you know, but the, I agree. And I think, you know, the, the, I know, uh, to your point, Becky, that David Quinn wants to be patient, and he's right to be. Um, 
but by you could be looking at the series being half over if you're losing think of it this way if you're losing midway through the second period uh on monday your your series is half over right you got a game and a half to figure it out or else you could be you could be swept so that's when adjustments probably have to happen you just don't have the grace period that you normally would in a seven game series or in a you know a 10 game sprint at the end of the season of the playoffs like you you've got to make changes and better to make the changes and, and and go down trying than sort of resign to the fact that you know plan a just didn't work um so yeah we'll see uh dave any kind of parting thoughts you know what do you do you still feel good about the series do you do you, do you think the rangers can come back and and make this a long series or or did game one kind of put you in a in a in a headspace where you're you're not seeing it so if we got a great game out of their best players and they still lost then yeah i'd pretty much be down but you figure d'angelo can't get any worse and neither can panarin so they're gonna bounce back and the rangers will at the very least make this a series they're not gonna get swept carolina's a better team especially since they added shea and trocek to balance out some of their depth this is a good team but the rangers are better than what we saw so i think with the goaltending edge they have the rangers can still pull this out they just need to get their acts together and fast agreed becky any final thoughts no just i mean it's you know i i like you know i'm a baseball fan and i like the um like the five game series and i i but it is a different beast this isn't a seven game series you just need to pull your stuff together like same thing as dave was saying absolutely well we'll see how it all unfolds the rest of this week and and hopefully when we do uh next week's show there will be more games to talk about and if not then we'll have plenty of uh off-season stuff to talk about as well all right live from the blue seats is a production of blue seat blogs please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already we're currently available on itunes spotify soundcloud google play and hosted on acast if you can spare a minute please leave us a rating and a review as it helps other fans find the show follow us follow us on twitter at blue seats live and check out blueseatblogs.com, the longest-running fan site for all things Rangers. From news and opinion to video analysis and more, for Dave and Becky, this is Rob signing off. We'll see you next time.